very consistent. I'm a very stable genius, really. Brexit means Brexit. Why? I'd rather be dead in a ditch. China. What? China. What? China. We looked at the dining table and saw an opportunity to play with whack. Strong and stable. Britain stood alone last night as... Uh, Kipper, you are fake news. Why? Because it's maybe that you don't know what is going on, but people won't be able to tell the difference. No, not you. Not you. Your organization's terrible. Why? Just why? Hey guys, welcome back to Why Just Why. We're going to kick off today with our first episode on our Brexit series. We're going to be covering all of the situations and what's going on. We're going to be starting from the beginning to the end. And again, today... I'm joined by Ian Reynolds. Hey. Dave Tinsley. Hello. And I am Craig Taylor. So we're going to start kicking off right now at the beginning. Yeah, it's a um, it's, um, it's big debacle, isn't it? Um, well, Say the least. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like Craig mentioned, we're going to start off with what caused the vote in the first place. What caused people wanting to leave? Uh, I mean, th- there are lots of things that happened. You know, uh, there's you got your fluctuations in the market, which can affect us, can affect businesses, um, and it's 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 how that's portrayed within the media and how the public uh, perceives that. Uh, you've yeah. got you got situations like an increase in population. Now, with increase in population, you've got culture diversity. You've got a lot more people fighting over maybe minimal jobs that are available there. Now, instead of educating society, right, informing society, media doesn't always do that. So it's very easy for people to misinterpret what's happening on an an economic scale and a cultural scale. We we have been a multicultural society, um, but... There is quite a lot of the country that that is very multicultural. I mean... Speaking oh, yeah. from from personal experience, I, I was born and raised here in Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool has always been a port city, and I grew up with people from all over the world in in my school. And I wasn't in, in a particularly different area to anyone else. I mean, there was always someone from somewhere else here. It's it's a very very widespread. So even the team for people from Liverpool, Scouser. Right and and the well the di- dialect in which we speak Scouse, uh, it actually comes from the mix the dish itself, which is just an amalgamation of everything. Big mixture of I mean every person you ask will have a completely different uh, recipe for it. Oh yeah, be- Scouse is just it's a it's a pot that you throw everything that you've got in the fridge in, yeah, and well, it's yeah. it's just a big stew. But it's, yeah, it's a I was going to say for people who don't understand, it's stew. Yeah, that's basically what Scouse is. Scouse yeah. is a nice thick stew with, well, anything. Everything in it. If there's an old shoe, you whack it in there. <laughs> yeah, leather goes great with Scouse. Shop and trolley. <laughs> old condoms. <laughs> used or unused. Adds a bit of protein. It doesn't matter. Uh, that, that is, and it's that mixture. And because Liverpool was a major port city, we had this mixture, and we still have today, this mixture of di- different cultures. And that's what we've took up from, because we are just a big mix-up. And that 
and you do see that with a with a hell of a lot of port cities. Uh, yeah. London, London itself is still massively multicultural, yeah. and we are. Uh, you do see it with a lot of the places which had a lot of traffic from other countries. Yeah, still to this day are quite happy and quite reasonable to to speak to anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be friendly. It's it's not a big thing for me, for example, to to speak to someone who's from the Czech Republic or Poland or France or wherever. It's to me they're just people, and that's generally because of where I think I was brought up. Yeah, yeah. The way you're brought up and where you're brought up, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But you can also have the places where they weren't as heavily affected by these different cultures and still have their own culture and weren't used to integrating. Um, and I feel that these places would be e- it'd be easy for someone from there to misconstrue to feel like oh everything's changing people yeah. are coming in they're changing things they're doing this yeah. and yeah. it does make a massive effect where people are saying oh I want out because they're all coming in here and they're changing how we are and they're changing how we're yeah. speaking and uh, you know every time that you, you try and maybe phone up a company or interact with someone you're interacting with someone who you maybe can't understand. And yeah, the funny because thing a lot is, of things are being outsourced. Yeah, yeah. and the funny thing, the irony is, the funny thing is, is, there are that many dialects within the UK itself oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every time you speak to someone, there's a good chance of speaking to someone you can't understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, using a personal anecdote, I used to work in a bar, and as we explained in our previous episode, uh, as we're from Liverpool, we generally speak pretty fast. Now, I, I worked with a guy from Birmingham, and Birmingham, um, for people who aren't familiar, has got an accent like this, <laughs> which is pretty slow and steady and Elongate sounds a bit like Ozzy Osbourne and uh, <laughs> elongate words quite readily. And the problem with that is that when someone's talking like that, and they happen to be talking to someone from this Liverpool. This has become the most boring news ever. <laughs> the guy from so Liverpool <laughs> is speaking at a million miles an hour yeah. and basically just... is doing exactly what Dave's yeah. just said <laughs> and going, oh my God, <laughs> will so you crazy. speed up? Yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> It's like I'm probably rocking in my chair. Just, 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 just start just, getting just, itchy teeth thinking, yeah. I need you to speak faster right it's now. True. It's true, yeah. And it's so difficult and you're trying to just you're trying to be really understanding <laughs> and then you're trying to slow down your own speech because the guy from Birmingham's used to being so much slower yeah. and then all he hears when a guy from Liverpool comes up to him is... <laughs> Like, like the old low pack adverts. Like, it is. But it's it is it is really like that. It's you get some people from either end of of the UK in itself, mm. and it's it's very much not like a lot of other countries. Um, there's a lot of other countries out there, like like Canada or the US, where yeah. You do have variations in in tone and dialect, but it that varies from like state to state. Yeah, the UK is not a very big place, and yeah. yet we can drive for twenty minutes, and it'll That's be like even, you're in a different country. Yeah. It's like Liverpool, Manchester. Oh that, yeah, Liverpool, Manchester. Don't even have to go that far. I, no, true. From, don't you? Uh, you can you go up the road to Widnes, which you can drive to in about ten minutes. Ten minutes, and, and you can smell. Yeah, in five minutes of it. <laughs> Again, for people who don't know, we're not we're not bashing Widnes 
and saying not, that they're all just, smellies, it's it's a very poop, that's all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a very very big chemical plant area as well. It's very industrial. Pick a Springfield Simpsons. Yeah, basically, if you go there at the wrong time of day when the the chemical plants have got the cover of darkness or clouds, for example, <laughs> they decide that's the time to release all of the smelly chemicals, <laughs> and it really really is like that. You've been that's driving through witness not people, people, yeah, people and chemicals. <laughs> Oh, but it's it's just it's it's crazy. But that kind of microcosm in itself, um, I mean, the UK has been in the common market, which was the precursor to the EU. Uh, that was the thing that we actually voted to join, and they've been in there since nineteen seventy three, and ever since they joined in nineteen seventy three. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been that long. Um, since they joined in nineteen seventy three, and there was actually multiple votes. Uh, this is something that I should point out early, is that um, when we get to it in another episode, there's only been one vote to leave the EU. There was actually three attempts to join the common market, but France got in the way, and the first two. They said no. So there is precedent there as well. And uh, my opinion is there is nothing wrong with more democracy, giving people more chances to have their say. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with that. Informing a culture, a society, and then re-questioning them. (laughs) And then just just double-checking. Just (laughs) double-checking. If the situation changes, that does not make a bad thing. If, for example, someone turned around to me and said, do you want a bucket of water over your head? And I went, no, thanks. And then 10 minutes later, I was on fire. And they went, do you want a bucket of water over your head? I might go, actually, yeah, yeah, please. But if they looked at me and went, too late, you gave me an answer 10 minutes ago. Go fuck yourself now. Burn, bitch. All bets are final. (laughs) I'm sorry, I must accept your first answer. But it's that's that's where a lot of it stemmed from. I mean, there was a lot of lot of unrest, and even from my own experience and the fact that Liverpool itself, majority of uh, the city actually voted to remain. We were one of the few areas that did actually vote to remain in the EU. Um, from people I know from not that far away from in Wales, uh, a couple of the little villages out there, uh, of conversation I had with with a good friend was. Why did you vote to to leave? And they're like, oh well, all of the people from the EU they're coming over here and taking our jobs. It's like, but in a little village, so have you lost your job? It's like, no. So how many people from the EU live in your village? Well, none. Do you know any people from the EU? Do you know any Polish people or Czech people? Oh no, all the people from around here are from Wales. <laughs> Who's took your job? Where's what? How? What? Yeah. Why? What? It, uh, this, I mean, this is the problem with the media because that's what it, this is what instigates a lot of this is the media will constantly put out controversial stuff. Anything, oh, yeah. obviously, I mean, one problem is you cannot fault them. That is what they're there for to entertain. And how will they sell to to write more provocative things to yeah, create yeah. interest? I mean, you don't go watch a film and says. A man went to shop and he bought some stuff and he went home. Right? It, it, I've seen that it, film. It's amazing, you know. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, it's a masterpiece, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man gets milk. <laughs> oh, and the sequel. <laughs> the milk was spoiled. <laughs> no. no. Epic plot twist. <laughs> well, even just.
just now what we're doing. We're we're giving you information, but we're not we're not just sitting here going. The EU became the EU yeah. in 1973. We're not doing that. We're we're talking you through it because it's it's better. Yeah, because you you need that information so you can make up your own minds. Yeah, you need you need um you broad strokes. Do you know? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Broad strokes. <laughs> but where's the media? Uh, they are quite selective in what they give you, and it's fine. It's entertainment. Um, yeah. But the problem is, is where it becomes quite dangerous. Is very, that very persuasive, lot... isn't it? Well, it's it's a fact that a lot of society take that as the source of information. Yeah, like the most popular news channel or well, outlet or whatever. Well, yeah, like, they, they let's look at, like that one, look at America, for example, and look at Fox News. I yeah. mean, Fox News, to me, it, the, the fact that it's actually called a news station is laughable in itself. And even though some of the things they present is true in a sense, it's like that sense of, well, technically true is the best kind of true. <laughs> it's like the difference between saying there's been a minor outbreak in one hospital of Ebola because one person came back from Africa. They actually were infected there. So now there's a quarantine and it's all fine. There's a difference between saying that and then what technically is true where Fox News would go, Ebola outbreak in major areas in the city. There is massive scares about this deadly killer virus, which is going to kill anyone who comes in contact with it. Now, technically that's true. Doesn't mean it's realistically true. Yeah. And people's interpretation of that are just, it extrapolates. And this is the problem is, so if you take someone, I'll speak with my own father, for example, now, he is not going to come home, go on the internet, start researching things, go on government websites, verifying stuff over and over and over again to make up his mind. You know, people have lives. They have children that, you know, they oh, have there's work. there's not enough hours in the day. Yeah. So, in that half an hour window... They just they, want quick news, don't they? They turn to the news, and then the problem becomes then is they trust the news. Yeah. And, and the news isn't honest with them. It's not that if it's not honest, it, like you just gave that example... It gives its own spin. Yeah. It manipulates... It's very clever in how it puts that information across to grab you. Mm. But the problem is it makes it very easy to misinterpret, sorry. Yeah. And then people get these different ideas, different understanding, and then that's how you have a whole society of people who are just completely misinformed of the situation. Um, yeah, that's right. Which unfortunately leads on to, you know, why you would, well, something like how a vote like this could happen. happen, happen yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, I think there was there was enough anger, there was enough um, debate over it that the vote had to happen eventually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, was, there, was, there was definitely a vote there because there was, there was a lot of uproar over our membership in, in Europe. There was a lot of misinformation and then there was a lot of people with genuine concerns because I, I would not count myself as a Europhile. I wouldn't say that I absolutely love the EU. And yes, I know file has other meanings, <laughs> but technically it means love. Let's not go there. Europhile. That's so, what I'm looking to then. Yes. Europhile. Europhile. <laughs> Your, yeah, Europhile. <laughs> What's your name? Peter. <laughs> Peter what? Peter File. 
<laughs> I've never ever heard the term Europhile. Have you never heard? Basically, you can have a, you can have a file of a, it's either a skeptic or a file or a phobe. They're the three that get used. So Europhobe. Craig, Craig is a connoisseur of the file. <laughs> <laughs> a master of the file. <laughs> Oh, I file this so much. <laughs> so anyway, I would not say that I am a lover of your the European Union. Um, there is a lot of things where it's very, very pro uh, corporation, and there's not. It it does wield a, a fair bit of power, um, but there are a lot of people who are misinformed about how much power that the EU actually had. For example, people think that the EU just can make laws, but it can't. It can vote on them. It can sanction them and pass them, but it's the member states that actually put forward those laws. Is that laws that will directly affect the country? That will affect the EU, from, okay. the EU as a whole. So, okay. um, uh, quite a lot of the 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 laws and regulations that were put in uh, that people had problems with actually got put forward by our own government and then were were voted on by the EU. So it wasn't really the EU that put them in place. It was it was us. It was us first. It was yeah. us first. It was our government, which we. Which we voted for. So, if anything, we wielded quite a lot of power within the European Union. Um, as of not enough power, <laughs> not enough power. power. We weren't in control of the whole thing. <laughs> but then, granted, we are one of the biggest contributors to the European Union. Uh, we've flitted between second and third yeah. over many, many years in terms of contributions. Was everyone pissed off because we were first? Probably. Is that another one? Yeah, that's, that's probably it. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> Give more! We want more! <laughs> but we do get a lot out of the European Union. I mean, free movement for some of us is one of them, but then for others, yeah. a lot of people don't like that. Uh, it's Loses. not the only issue, though. <laughs> we, 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 that's the thing you get. Like, a lot of people missed. That was, everyone f- felt as if, though, we were given money and we were getting nothing back. Yeah. No, they were, they were distributing the wealth back to us but in agreeable ways where yeah. maybe our government wasn't doing. Yeah. So, um, well, again, speaking from someone who's who's been brought up in the north, uh, the north of England and Scotland and Wales, uh, they don't get as much attention, let's say, from the, the coffers of yeah, the, voices in the there, UK you know, government. As much. Uh, and we don't get a lot of attention. We don't get a lot of money and a lot of support from Westminster, which is basically all about the South and yes. and of London, um, and that's that is a fact. There is a North South divide. Wales is very um, impoverished, and Scotland as well does not get enough attention. Although they have had it a bit better since they've had a bit of a devolved government, yeah, and they've been able to sort out some of their own taxes and laws. I do see a, a divide there. Now, from the EU and from our membership of the EU, uh, Liverpool has had quite a, a boom. They've had some decent funding come from the EU. It's given us uh, community centres. It's made us the capital of culture in 2008. It brought a lot of tourism, Twice brought a lot of money. Um, it's It's been good for us, and I can see why people voted to remain. Uh, yeah. we've, we've seen the good side of it. Yeah. Now, other places, they... They just see this boogeyman who's taken our money, forcing laws onto us, taking our sovereignty. And I do understand that side of the arguments because, again, it's it's minor misinformation and scaremongering, but it can go a long way. Is that capsule culture still going? Because we, we were, what, 2008, Eight. right? 2008. Um, we uh, yeah, yeah, it is. The, the current, there's actually two. The current ones is Plovdiv 
and I know I've butchered that name. So if anyone knows how to spell it, well, spell it, say it right. Where's that? Uh, it's in Bulgaria. Plovdiv. 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 I've heard good things about Plovdiv. Um, oh yeah, I mean, well, the, the name says it all. It's yeah. it's great. And From then, you, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a city in Italy as well, uh, Matera. Okay. Again, I'm probably butchering those names, so if anyone can tell me how to pronounce them, feel free. Yeah, Trump said he was going to build a um, build a house in Plovdiv, and it was going to be the best house. Plovdiv he was going ever. to best house that Plovdiv's <laughs> ever seen. But he was going to until we realised he had to pay tax. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, he'll have a meeting there, and he'll be like. Oh, we can't pay taxes. If I buy, it, if I buy, it, build a house, yeah, it's gonna be so good for your economy. <laughs> <laughs> It'll have nine bathrooms. <laughs> Just think of the bathrooms. <laughs> but there's a lot. Just don't all flush the toilet at once. Bulgaria <laughs> okay, famous. There's for a lot toilets. of good things that Trump can bring to a to a community. It, tax isn't one of them. Money's not <laughs> one of them. <laughs> Comedy now. Come yeah, yeah, bring good. Yeah, bring the good walls. Man. You can bring some. Is that Ma- my massive thing? walls? Walls or walls? <laughs> Take a wall. You can bring decent pout as well and some floppy oh. hair. You can teach them how to pout. You could, you could. Come on, ladies, line up. <laughs> uh, well, moving back to the, the vote itself and how we ended up actually getting one of these referendums, there was also a lot of pushback for um, basically some big businesses to push us out of the EU because they don't like the the regulation that we've got. Uh, as we've seen with some of the things going on in the US with Trump and with him doing stuff like pulling out of the Paris Accords and pulling out of all of the deals with places like Iran, he's started a trade war with China um, and he's he's moved a lot of oversight in terms of what the government will do to block companies um, mm. From from doing like um, the, but he put sanctions on like Iran and things, didn't he? Oh, he's put san- he's put sanctions on loads of different countries, yeah. but the main ones is he's removed restrictions for companies, so they don't have to follow a lot of environmental targets that they used to have. All oh, right, um, that's why he pulled out of the Paris Agreement. He, he's just trying to remove all of these things that are set in place. To... Why does he not want to be part of something like that? Well, because. In order to hit environmental targets, companies have got to spend quite a bit of money. It can cost them money and it can stop them from expanding. Now, other countries that haven't signed up to the accords, like basically the biggest polluters in the world, so India, China, um, they, they just go ahead and do whatever they want. Now, a lot of the manufacturing jobs that used to be in America have moved to China because it's it's cheaper. Now, him starting these trade wars and removing restrictions means that a few of those jobs are coming back. Now, it's never going to be as much, but it now means that America is polluting a hell of a lot more than it was. Now, there's a lot of big businesses here. Is that because it's getting done in America now rather than China? Are you saying that? There's more there's more business moving back to America because there's less restriction on business there. Okay. So the less... if If a company, for example can make little plastic toys for 10 pence a pop. Yeah. But in order for them to cost 10 pence a pop, they've got to pump sulfuric acid into the air. Now, 99% of the world will go, I'm not having that factory next door to me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, there are a few countries in the world who will just go, yeah, whatever, do whatever you want, don't care. Now, the company... 
because it's a company. It's not a person with morals. It's a company. Yeah. Will think to itself, well, I'm just going to stick it wherever I can and I'm going to do it that way. Whereas it might cost 20 pence to stop that sulfuric acid to go into the air. Yeah. So it's going to be cheaper and they're going to go wherever it's cheaper and they're going to go wherever they're going to make the most money. So the EU has got restrictions in place for things like our own health, safety, safety restrictions, safety on food, safety on um, materials, making sure that there's not going to be a big blade sticking out of a teddy bear when it comes out of a factory, uh, making sure that they're not going to poison us every time that they they put a new flavour into Diet Coke or yeah. something. Even uh, something simple, which is on the media lately, is uh, peanuts, nuts allergies. The, you know, people have been have a lot of food allergies, some of the restrictions that could be in place are even if you're producing anything to do with nuts or any other, like soya, anything that someone could be allergic to. Yeah. Making sure that there are steps in place so it cannot be cross-contamination can happen, even mm-hmm. to the point where you're preventing staff members from bringing those products or anything that contains those products on site. In case it gets in. Somewhere. Exactly, which protects the public. Yeah, yeah. 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 All I don't see anything there, wrong with that. Yeah. All this there is to protect the public. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like Craig was saying, businesses don't like these sanctions. Businesses don't like them because it costs, it costs money, yeah. it costs yeah. time, yeah. effort to actually control them. And if you say, oh, we can take them away, and then next thing, they're not liable as well, because that's the main part of it. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, if businesses could get away with things, they have done many times in the past. Yeah. Mm. If they can get away with bending the rules or just outright breaking them, and there's not enough sanctions in place, they'll they'll just do it. The pharmaceutical industry is absolutely rife with it and guilty of just basically not caring. Yeah. And they don't care because there's not enough sanctions in place to find them enough for them to actually start caring. Hmm. It really does depend on what the punishment is in terms of companies because, again, companies are not people. They have no morals. They're run yeah. by people. But once you get to that size, there's no morals involved. It's it's purely what's the cheapest thing we can do? Yeah. How do we cut costs here? Uh, and the main question is is, well, would we be well, would we be liable for it? Yeah. No. Or we can get past that. Well, yeah. technically, we won't be liable if we can do this or we can. Yeah. I told disclaimers and just covering themselves by writing a little thing just so they can't be pulled apart. So that's that is one of another major reason why we had the referendum in the first place is that a lot of big companies wanted no oversight, they wanted no regulation, and because we have these EU wide regulations, UK itself couldn't actually go against them. So they could put laws in place to say, okay, we're not going to look at that, but then the EU laws would override that because mm. it's over the entirety of the EU, yeah, yeah. and anything that gets traded between them then that would come under it as well. Yeah, it's all being monitored by the EU then, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much, because it's part of our trade agreement is that yeah. everything's got to be up to the same standards, yeah. so that's why we've got no yeah. tariffs, we've got no checks or borders to say, this is safe here, so it's going to be safe there. Yeah, but saying, yeah, okay, so saying if we leave, it's going to be a case of it's charging us to go over if it was a trade over there. Yeah, because they've got to check it, make sure it's okay, yeah. they've got to make sure that it's legal Which to is quite forward. mad, isn't it, considering, you know, we've been in the EU since, what, 73? Yeah. And yet, just like, just like that, it's a case of, um, we've got to do checks now. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, it's, technically, that's what the what the HSE are doing anyway. Yeah, for us. Yeah, 
but then they'd say, well, obviously we can't trust your HSE now. Uh, because you're not under the same regulations. Well, as what's us. the HSE? The health and, safety, health and safety executive. Yeah. Okay. So they they used to be essentially what they'd be doing was the checks, and when we sent them over to Europe, they'd be fine. We'd have to check them again. Yeah, because they go, we we trust your HSE because they they mm. check things to the same standard as us. Yeah. So that that's one of the major ones. The corporations don't want that oversight. So there was they were paying people um, lobbyists to basically lobby the government and say, okay, we want a referendum, we want this out. If you manage to get out, get rid of the oversight, we'll bring loads of jobs here because we can put our factories here and we can make loads and loads of money. We can give you loads and loads of money. Wouldn't you like loads and loads of money? I'd like loads and loads of money. Uh, get more taxes and Money! And that's basically another reason why that started to happen. So there was the... There was a public pressure. There was corporations pressure. Um, a lot of it was coming from all sides. So the government had to respond eventually. So another one as well, coming from the public side, uh, was the the rose-tinted glasses effect. That was another one that came from it. Is that way back when, before we joined the European Union, the UK had an empire which the sun never set on. It's the old imperial days. Rich as anything, mm. money coming from every corner of the the globe. Great times, great times. Oh, good old days, man. <laughs> great times, great times. Um, and a lot of people look back on those days and think because we had quite decent employment, because no one was really that skint, you could go and buy a house on a wage that you got from a job, not not like nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. um, that uh, from working class wage or, or a minimum wage. Uh, well, what's what's the new one? The um, a living wage. Living wage. The li- living wage. Um, well, that won't really buy a pot of piss in at the moment. Um, oh no, you'd be lucky if you can afford to rent a house. Yeah, yeah. Um, and especially in some areas, and I mean, no one from no one is from London nowadays. London, <laughs> you can you cannot literally cannot afford to live in London. Unless you are a multi-millionaire, yeah, that Homeless. is that is just you. You grow yeah. grow up in London and you move out unless yeah. you get a good enough job to move back in. <laughs> yeah, the way you live in London. Come back when you're rich. <laughs> the way you, you live peasant. in London is if you started as a peasant in a block of council flats, which just now so happened to be in the Greater London area, and somehow your great granddad managed to buy that council flat. For about ten grand, that council flat now is worth three point seven million pounds, <laughs> and your families live there forever because they are terrified that if they actually decide to sell it, they wouldn't be able to afford a shoebox round the corner <laughs> for four point eight million pounds. It is insane the property prices in London, and I do understand that that's pretty much the same for a lot of capital cities o- yeah. over the world, but. Mm. London is something else. The the prices there, the, co- the costs, the costs are area. astronomical, astronomical. It's like people are looking through things in in terms of the rose tinted glasses. They're looking at the old days and they're saying there's there was more employment, things were cheaper, inflation was down. You could actually afford a house, you could afford a car, you could live on your wage, and you could be comfortable. Even in a menial job, you could quite happily go and get a job in a factory. And live a decent life and raise a family. Nowadays, though, it's a lot different, and well, people are seeing it differently. There's, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of change. There is, there's a lot of change, and uh, people don't like change. It creates causal links. It's very common with people to do this. There's a little phrase that some of you may have heard. It's called uh, post hoc ego propter hoc. Uh, it's Latin, so uh, Boris will know what that means. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just for you. Hey, just... 2 1 in the classics. He'll definitely be, he'll be right on that, right on it. So, for uh, anyone who isn't Boris, uh, <laughs> that means after this, therefore because of this. Now, essentially, all we're saying here is that one thing has happened, then another thing happens. Well, the first thing must have caused it. So, if I drop a pen, and then it starts raining. Well, obviously, every time you drop a pen, it rains. Um, now, obviously, not well, yeah, in cool, <laughs> not directly like that, but essentially, that that's logic, like the gist of it. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's how, the gist of, that's that, how a yeah. lot of superstitions and and well, even some religions started. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you look at the Mayan culture in Mexico, if you look at the Mayan culture in Mexico. Uh, I'm lucky enough to have been to Cancun. Ooh. Went on to went on a nice tour to one of the old Maya ruins, and the tour guide was actually telling us that one of the water and holes around there, uh, they believed that there was a crocodile god who lived in the water and hole. Actually, just turned out to be quite a lot of crocodiles, but <laughs> let's say that it was a crocodile <laughs> god. Um, a pretty girl was sacrificed to the crocodile god. They had an amazing harvest. So then they thought, oh, well, the god's taken her as his wife. Got a good harvest. <laughs> Great. So they carried on going. Another good harvest after that year. Next harvest was an awful year. So they thought, oh, gods must have been bored. Got bored of the wife. We'll find an even prettier girl. Let's kill her. <laughs> throw her in. They have another good harvest. <laughs> and then next year, no, bad harvest again. Okay, we need a prettier girl. He's got bored of her even faster. Let's find a pretty girl. So they throw her in. But at this point, no good harvest. They go, well, maybe she wasn't that pretty. <laughs> Let's find a prettier girl. Yeah. And that's how it starts. Because once that's ingrained, they just go, well, it must be that and how. That, that is exactly it. And that is what... And the fact that even that you said there, oh, well, you know, she must have been that pretty. People will actually change their thought pattern it'll and reinforce yeah even though it's actually proven that it's not mm. it'll reinforce the belief they have that it is that it, exactly that is and this is what we, we we see in society where there is change and people are looking to blame it on something yeah and so we'll hang on like you said you know uh, things are getting dearer everything's changing out well, what else is changing in society oh hang on there's loads of people coming in populations going through the roof cultures changing uh it must be this. It must be what's causing that. Then, yeah. or they're allowed to just go in and out, and like, this it's like everyone's just looking in the wrong directions. Yeah, oh, totally looking in the wrong direction. They're just no, looking that's... for an excuse and not actually looking for the reason. But why. it's yeah. not just that people are looking in the wrong direction. Sometimes they're getting pointed in the wrong directions because you've got things like like the media, but like the people who you should really be looking at, like people who are sitting on billions upon billions upon billions of pounds. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't earn that money. But there is a reason that the rich stay rich and the poor stay poor mm. in the modern society is that the distribution of wealth is impossible, impossible to rebalance in the system we've got now. Um, you can talk about trickle-down economics all you want, but no one's ever going to dethrone Bill Gates yeah. with the amount of money that he's got. Mm -hmm. No one's ever going to dethrone uh, Jeff Bezos. The only people who are going to be able to take their money away from them is them. 
if they give it away, then that's that's fine. But there is no way that anyone will be able to reach their heights starting from the ground up unless they are astronomically lucky. Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. Well, even Jeff Bezos. But he's, he's a lizard. He's not human. No, he's not. He's a lizard man. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah. then it's all. I mean, realistically, we're looking away from the real problem here, and that's the Illuminati. Let's yeah. face it. Yeah. It's yeah. all a big, big, massive world conspiracy <laughs> by the New World Order and the lizard people. And David Icke had it right all along. And I know I'm going to get shut down for saying this, but. I mean, Boris is obviously a lizard as well. So is Trump. <laughs> you can see it in his movements. See his movements. <laughs> it's just the tongue, if you know him. Yeah, just the. And lim- it's the wig. You can lim- tell it's a wig. We know it's a wig, Boris. Pull the wig off, his skin just falls off with the lizard underneath. <laughs> right, folks. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for this week. But join us next week when we'll be talking about the referendum campaign itself and how that resulted. Obviously, we all know that. Uh, but we'll give you a bit more detail about it. Um, if you really enjoyed this, which I hope you did, uh, we enjoyed making it, so if you don't like it... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we love you. We love you. We do. We do love you. We do love you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, Craig will give you a little bit more info on what you can do with you. You want to share that? Send that love back to us. Spread the love, man. Spread the love. Spread so, the love. yeah, as, as I said on the last episode, if you would like to give us your suggestions, if you've got any comments you like what we're doing uh links will be in the description we are in the process of setting up lots of social media channels as well so there will be links as well in there if you'd like to talk to us that way that is completely up to you thanks again thanks for listening and we'll see you next time bye folks bye 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 <laughs> I don't know what the word that was. <laughs> 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 <laughs>